Tonight's reading is taken from Luke chapter 24, starting at verse 13, which can be found on page 86 of the New Testament section of your church Bibles. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things, and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Lord God, we give thanks for your word this morning, that we can encounter the risen Jesus for ourselves. And so we pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit and you would open the scriptures up for us, that we would meet you in this service, in this time together. For we ask in your mighty name. Amen. Well, welcome back to our second instalment in what will be a series from now um, until Pentecost. 
Um, it's wonderful to be back with you. Um, when thinking about what we would be thinking about after Easter, there was something so blindingly obvious that I couldn't overlook it when um, coming up with the readings. Uh, and that was from the time that, that we remember the risen Jesus after Easter until we remember uh, that he ascends, that we would go through as many of those encounters as we could. And actually, we can't even fit a couple of the short ones. But through this evening service, we will attempt to go through all of the major encounters that happen between Jesus uh, and his followers um, in those times after his resurrection. Who is the resurrected Jesus? It's a really simple question. But have you actually ever thought about it? Is he different from who he was before his crucifixion? Just throw that one out there. If God is the same yesterday, today and forever, then surely we should meet the exactly the same Jesus before his crucifixion and after it. But my challenge to you as we go through these um, weeks in our evening service, we will meet an intriguing Jesus. And what is intriguing as well is the risen Jesus who is risen after rising from the tomb is the same Jesus who is on high, who is ascended into heaven, and that is the Jesus that we meet. So over these coming weeks, I want to intrigue something within you. I want you to go, who is this Jesus? Because I think he is more mysterious, more holy, more divine than we often expect. And sometimes we, we think about Jesus who said good things, who did miracles, who gathered his disciples. And there is some of that in these encounters, but Jesus is an intriguing person in his resurrection, and that is the Jesus whom we meet. Last week, Ali started us off on our first encounter, and that was Jesus meeting the two women in the garden. And our first curious and potentially seemingly mystical moment, Jesus wasn't recognized even until halfway through that encounter. And again, actually today, we hear on the road to Emmaus in a strange turn of events. We're not sure how it happens, but... Sorry, I'll go back. We've somehow ended up having the same reading two weeks in a row. I don't know if you've noticed that. In the morning, we had the road to Emmaus. Um, and Stephen spoke to us. Um, but hopefully, now we're looking at it in a wider context. We are looking at it in the context of all of these readings of the resurrected Jesus. And... I was reading a, a commentary devoted to the resurrected Jesus. Uh, it's interesting, they do exist. Um, this one was by N.T. Wright. Uh, and he was talking about Luke and this encounter, and Luke generally. 
And he said, Luke had made this attempt to portray Jesus, to lay down the Jesus who he had, um, there had been encounters of, but he made little attempt to sort of reduce him down. He didn't bother to make some developed theological analysis. He said, this is the Jesus who we have met. And this is the Jesus who I'm really keen that we meet. This is the Jesus who we have the opportunity of meeting this evening. He's not reducible down to interesting and simple uh, definitions, but he is more divine, more holy, um, hopefully, than we can even imagine. So let's look this evening at our passage. You can reopen your Bibles, uh, Luke 24. We're going to start at verse 16. It says again, in a similar way to in the women in the garden, it says, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. This curious second encounter in a row where Jesus' identity seems unknown. Three possible answers, one more probable than the other. Was it just a different person? Doesn't seem very likely or very obvious. Did he somehow look different? How could they not even recognize who he was? Later on in the story of Thomas, he asks to see the nails. This was the same Jesus as before, so also seems unlikely. And then the third, that for some reason, they are unable to see what he really looks like. And that's sort of how it's written. But, but why? Why is it like that? There's an intriguing thing that you can sense that they have not physically worked out what is going on. That why did Jesus need to die and to rise again. And that physical lack of understanding and that spiritual lack of understanding has led to them not only spiritually not being able to see who Jesus is, but physically not being able to see. There is a huge twinning between those two things. Jesus sort of plays along to this. In verse 19, he asks them, you know, what are these things that you're so sad about? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all people. It's interesting that actually this is not enough for the scales to fall off their eyes. This is an aspect of who Jesus was, but this is not the full reality of the resurrected Jesus. This is a long way short of saying, Jesus, the Son of God, he was crucified and now he has risen from the dead. That is the full spiritual and physical reality. And their inability to see that as leading to a physical inability to see who Jesus is for himself. And it goes on, verse 21, the God of surprises. 
But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. You can really see they just don't get it. They're not adding things together. They're not trusting the women's um, encounter with the angel. You have that heart-rending line, but we had hoped. So often you meet people and in faith they said, you know, I wanted this about God, you know, but I hoped that God X, Y, and Z. But you can see the, the Jesus that they were looking for, the Jesus that they had hoped for, was not the Jesus who was standing right in front of them. And this mixed match was leading to their lack of spiritual sight, leading to those heartbreaking words, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. The crucified, risen Jesus is the one to redeem Israel and the world. Verse 25, that the crucifixion and the resurrection reframes, reframes everything, says in verse 25. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets declared. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. Jesus, in his life, in his crucifixion, in his resurrection and into glory, reframes the love of God that has been always there through the prophets, through his chosen people. It made sense before, but it makes a whole level more sense in the light of Jesus' coming, in the Jesus' self-sacrifice for himself, and in his rising from the dead. When talking about Moses and the prophets, Jesus is talking about God's relationship with his chosen people. Jesus is the culmination, the chief expression, the ability that we have to make that personal relationship with God. Later on it will say, were our hearts not burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening up the scriptures to them? There's this wonderful moment. Their eyes still can't see, but their hearts are warming. Their heart is actually understanding, even if their head hasn't got it yet. Verse 29, it goes on, stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is nearly over. At this point, Jesus is just starting to make it a little bit blatant for them. Verse 30, when he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed it and broke it. He gave it to them and then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. When we come to communion, we're going to use 
those same words, same actions. Because in them, it is our prayer that it, Jesus is met. Jesus is recognized in them. Jesus took bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And finally, he gave it to them. And that's why uh, Jesus asked us to do it and to remember him. Because fundamentally, we can meet him and encounter him. I mean, it's amazingly um, frustrating. Um, the, The end of this is intriguing, but it fits with this mysterious, holy Jesus that doesn't fit into boxes. Then their eyes were open. They recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. This was not a Jesus who worked to their schedules. This is a more holy, more divine, less easy to sort of um, put in boxes. I hope that you will be intrigued by the Jesus that we'll be meeting over these coming weeks. But now they finally see him for who he is. In this action that he asked, that he gathered them all around and he asked them to do. Retrospectively, they see the undeniable truth about Jesus and the hold that he has on their lives. How about for you? In your head, do you feel like you're still working it out? But in your heart, you feel that sense of tug. Our hearts were gently warmed. Jesus is asking you into an encounter to meet with him. Jesus was at work with them before they logically understood what was going on. And he called them to spend time with him, to get to know him, to see him for who he really was. In conclusion, the, the Jesus whom we're meeting is not simple, not able to be reduced to neat little boxes. You know what? That would probably be less than God if we were able to do it. This God is mysterious, divine, and longing to meet with those in front of him. There's an intriguing um, line that have looked at this passage and seen that this is actually an encounter that we can have. They said, oh, um, we can read scripture and our hearts be gently warmed. And we can meet Jesus in the breaking of the bread um, and therefore he's real. And they make a weird um, assumption and say, therefore it didn't need to actually happen. It's a bit odd. Um, This is not um, at all true, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Um, This happened, and we um, have resonances from it. It's a strange logic to use. When Luke was writing down the accounts, he was writing the things that had happened. He wasn't trying to come up with some neat, uh, nice allegories for us. He was saying, this 
is what happened. We're going to have to make of it what we will. We'll build up a picture together of this divine, this holy Jesus, God on earth. Yes, we can meet Jesus in the scriptures. This is absolutely true. And we can meet him in the breaking of the bread. Jesus, though, does not fit neat boxes. And if you've ever felt like that, then be reassured. Luke, when he was writing down, didn't feel the compulsion to make some nice, easy, neat things. But that was because he believed that God was holy, divine, more than he could ever imagine. So he was doing his best to write down these encounters that others could encounter the risen Jesus through it too. With its lack of neatness, let's not be put off either because we have an opportunity to meet the fullness of the risen Jesus. Not simple, not simplified, but holy and divine the resurrected Jesus blew the minds of the early church. The empty tomb was hard for them to conceive, and they really struggled in these opening encounters. If you turn to uh, Mark's gospel, um, at the end of that gospel, there's a few uh, short endings and um, those who have to go to theological college usually have to write an essay on how it really ended. Um, one of the really common endings is that said that the, the women went to the tomb, they found it empty, and they left in awe and terror. And that's quite a common way that it probably ended. And it's a wonderful way, actually, to start off the, the accounts of the risen Jesus without having any of them. It's intriguing. Because for the early church, and Mark was the earliest uh, to be written down, it said, where is Jesus? He's not there. You're going to have to go and find him. And that's what we're doing. We're going out and finding him. Now, to later gospel writers, that just felt lacking in neatness. It felt like, well, we, we were able to meet with him. Let's find out, because not all of us had that opportunity. So later gospel writers would um, put in encounters for themselves. Um, Mark's gospel itself has a more satisfactory ending. But the fundamental thing is that the tomb was empty. Jesus had risen. And that was just the most intriguing thing. And they were being called in. Come and see. Come find the risen Jesus for yourself. That's what we're doing at the moment. It's the eternal Jesus that we're meeting in these episodes of the Gospels. It's the same Jesus whom we meet in prayer. And so let's get to know him. Let's meet that risen Jesus. So over the coming weeks, until we get to Pentecost, let's build up a picture of Jesus. We're not going to be able to reduce him down to nice, neat boxes, but hopefully we'll be able to see more facets of Jesus. 
be more intrigued by him, more in awe by his divinity. For me, this is the most compelling thing that we can do. Jesus defies logic without even being illogical. He surprises us, and in the meeting of him, he is transformative. So that's my challenge to you tonight and over the coming weeks as you keep coming back to the evening service. Seek the risen Jesus. Seek to encounter him and meet him. Be surprised by him. Be in awe of his divinity and his holiness. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you that you meet with us as you met with those two on the Emmaus Road. We pray that we wouldn't be as they were at the beginning of the encounter, walking and unable to see you. Help us to meet with the risen Jesus. Help us, if that's a difficult thing for us, if we're still working things out, would you make yourselves known to us Would our hearts be warmed as we read the scriptures? And would we encounter you in the breaking of the bread? Amen.